Hello, this is Cooper. Um, I'm not Cooper. Cooper. Hi, this is Cooper. And Shiloh. And we are the Wheels of Steel. Hi, this is Cooper. And it's me, Shiloh. And for this episode, we are going to be doing a very interesting and fun episode. Shiloh, do you want to tell them what it is? Sure. So basically, we're going to get six examples of inclusion and exclusion. Three inclusion, three exclusion. And basically, we're going to show you guys how inclusion and exclusion affects, um, well, how you perceive a book. And, and... Also, movies, TV shows, so enjoy. Yep. See you guys in the episode. You might know the first one. It is. So basically, we're doing SpongeBob because we just want to show how Patrick is included. And yes, this is an inclusion one. Yep. So listen to these audio clips. Yep, audio clips of Patrick being included by Spongebob and who, who knows who else. I really haven't watched the show, but I know you have, Cooper. Yep. This is a clip. This is gonna be great! Young man, why don't you stand up and introduce yourself? Who's the fat dude talking to? You, Patrick, she's the teacher. Ooh. Come on now, tell the class your name. So there you can see, like, SpongeBob and Patrick are, like, kind of in this class, all right? And then when Patrick doesn't know who the teacher is talking to, um, SpongeBob tells him, and the teacher's like, oh, come on, you can tell us your name. Yeah, so, um... SpongeBob is kind of saying to Patrick, st um, stand up and tell the class your name. But he's kind of nervous. Yeah, so that's why it's like a really good clip to show inclusion. Because you can see how nice they're being to each other. Well, Patrick wasn't being very nice to the teacher, but uh, that's SpongeBob for you. Yep. <laughs> You might also know this one too. It is. Don't let them see. Be the good girl. Always have to be. Conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. Well, now they know. Let it go. Let it go. So, yeah, we're doing Frozen. And, well, our example is going to be excluding. Yeah, so listen to this audio clip of everybody excluding Elsa. Yep. Because, you know, I even though she has powers, they should include her too. And they did realize it at the end. But that's not the part of include. We're not doing the including part. All right, so listen to this audio clip. Right.
She was trying to say back up. They weren't. They weren't backing up. They were coming closer. And she can't control her powers. Yeah. Anything she touches just goes bye bye. You know. Yeah. So. So I don't really think it was fair that they excluded her. I really think they should have just gave her her gloves back. Mhm. Mm Cause they were power canceling gloves. Yep. Yeah, but um. Kind of mean. I really think they should have been more careful with that. You might know this one, or you might not. It's a very popular book. It is The Giver by Lois Lowry. Actually, Shaw, I haven't read it yet, so can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. The Giver by Lois Lowry is an award-winning book that won the John, the John Newbery Award in 2000. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool, and it shows excellent inclusion in a lot of cases, but we'll just be featuring one today. Yep. So, Cooper, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be, like, reading a passage of where Jonas's parents could not take care of um, a baby they were keeping in their house, Gabriel, um, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't, like, shut up. He would keep crying okay. at night, and uh, Jonas volunteered to keep him in the room. And we'll, you'll see what happened that night. All right. So, we're going to read a little passage from the book. Here is a part of the book. Gabriel slept soundly for the earliest part of the night. Jonas, in his bed, lay awake for a while. From time to time, he raised himself on one elbow, looking over at the crib. The new child was on his stomach, his arms relaxed beside his head, his eyes closed, and his breathing regular and undisturbed. Finally, Jonas slept too. Then, as the middle hours of the night approached, the noise of Gabriel's restlessness woke Jonas. The new child was turning under his cover, flailing in his arms, and beginning to whimper. Jonas rose and went to him. Gently, he patted Gabriel's back, 
sometimes that was all it took to lull him back to sleep. But the new child still squirmed fretfully under his hand, still petting rhythmically. Jonas began to remember the wonderful tale that the giver had given the nurse to be not long before. A bright breezy day on a clear turquoise slate. And above him, the white sail of a boat billowing as he moved along the brisk wind, in the brisk wind. He was not aware of giving the memory, but suddenly he realized that it was becoming dimmer, that it was sliding through his hands into the being of the new child. Gabriel became quiet. Startled, Jonas pulled back of what was left of the memory with a burst of will. He removed his hand from the little back and stood quietly beside the crib. To himself, he called the memory of the sail forward again. It was still there, but the sky was less blue. The gentle motion of the boat slower. The water of the lake more murky and cladding. He kept it for a while soothing his own nervousness of what had occurred and let it go and return to his bed. Once more toward John, the new child woke and cried again. Again, Jonas went to him. This time, he quite deliberately placed him firmly on Gabriel's back and released the rest of the coming day on the lake. Again, Gabriel slept. Jonas taking care of Gabriel, the baby, um, all night when his parents were having a lot of trouble, especially because they just needed some sleep, you know? I really think that was kind of Jonas, and Jonas is a really nice person. That's why this was an example I've included. It was really kind how Jonas decided to get that baby from his parents, and give Gabriel the memory because he was crying. Jonas let go of a memory which he could never ever get again. Um, just because he wanted a baby to be happy. I think that was really kind of Jonas. this one or you might not but it is it's the kid who only hit home runs by matt christopher so basically we're doing explosion for this but uh people one easy weensy tiny bitty problem what i i haven't read the book before that's okay i'll tell you a little about it so there was this kid, Sylvester, and basically he was really bad at baseball, so we got this coach, and he helped him get better. And But he used to get, he's, he, he got bullied because he wasn't good, and nobody wanted him on the team. But I'll read a passage from the story right now. Oh. Okay. So this is what they said. Hey, so, said Jim Calloway, what you're doing out there, playing baseball or running a track meet? I also felt pretty bad for Sylvester because 
Well, they said he wasn't meant for the sport, and it was kind of mean. So, because they like they didn't want him to play either. So, it was kind of, I guess, making him feel like he wasn't supposed to be playing sports. Yeah, that was pretty mean of them. You may know this one. You might not. This is... The Bad Guys by Aaron Blabby. So basically, The Bad Guys is a book series with so far like 11, 12 books. Um, basically, um, these guys who like at first were bad, but now they kind of want to be good. And just so you know, it's inclusion. Yes, this is inclusion. But basically, these guys like they um, they probably have like this not good childhoods, and uh, they became bad guys. So um, now they're trying to become good guys after being bad guys because they realize that it's not good. Well, at least first Mr. Wolf did, but I'm not gonna give you all the spoilers. You should buy the books. They're actually really good. All right, so now we're going to give you a little piece from the passage. Yeah. Here's a passage. The bad guy. Chapter 1, Mr. Wolf. Good deeds, whether you like it or not. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Get over here. I said get over here. Oh, I, what's the problem? Oh, I see. Yeah, I get it. You're thinking, ooh, it's a big, bad, scary wolf. I don't want to talk to him. He's a monster. Well, let me just tell you something, buddy. Just because I've got big, pointy teeth and razor-sharp claws and I occasionally like to dress up as an old lady, that doesn't mean... I'm a bad guy. Metropolitan Police Department. Suspect rap sheet. Mr. Wolf class number 102451A. Al alias Big Bad Mr. Chompers. Grandma. Address the woods. Known associates. None. Criminal activity. Blowing down houses. The three pigs were involved and were too scared to press charges. Impersonating sheep, breaking into the homes of an old woman. Impersonating the old woman, attempting to eat the old woman, attempting to eat the relatives of the old woman. Theft of nightgowns and slippers, dangerous, do not approach. You can see at first that they weren't too nice, like, he, they weren't too nice with him because, like, he was a really bad guy at first. But, um, there were other guys like Mr. Snake, Mr. Shark, Mr. Piranha. Um, and they also were bad guys. But after Mr. Wolf convincing them, they actually began to change. And you might think that he's a really bad guy, but it turns out that he's just not. So actually, Shiloh, I haven't read this book, but thanks for telling me about it. So here's another passage. Hey, what's the big 
feel cheapo. Car travel makes me let off a little gas. So what? Seriously, man, what are we looking for? Screech. That's what we're looking for, Mr. Snake. Meow. Bingo. Chapter 5. Here, kitty. So what are we going to do? Rescue the cat. What are we not going to do? Eat the cat. That's right. I don't know about you, but I feel pumped. Okay, now let's do this thing. Sure, kitty, kitty. Hey, take it easy, kid. This is a rescue. Man, he's really freaking out. What's his problem? Let me try. What was that? Are you trying to give him a heart attack? Whoa, it was really totally cool. Let me handle it. Hey, you! Get down here or I'll shimmy up that tree and bite you on your furry little butt. Yeet. What's the matter with you? Well, someone had better do something. That screaming is getting on my nerves. So basically, in this passage, you can see that the bad guys go to drive and they rescue a cat. Congrats to them, I guess. But uh, rescuing a cat was like really good because it, they like started to prove their point, even though they weren't that good at it. Let's be honest here, they weren't that good at it, okay? They literally just used their deep, scary voices and their big, sharp teeth to convince a cat to come to them. And I don't think that worked. But at least they tried. And that's how you know that this is an inclusion book series. You might know this one, or you might not. It is... It is... The Diary of the Wimpy Kid. By Jeff Kenny. <laughs> so basically... I haven't read many of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but I do know it's about this kid. What's his name again, Cooper? Um, his name is Greg. Yeah, Greg, and he has his friend who says Zooey Mama. Yup, Rowie. Yeah, Rowie. And he has his brother, Roderick, who is, like, really mean. And, his, and he's just a wimpy kid because it's called Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And basically, so what happens was he tries to go on all these adventures and stuff. So, like, every, so in each book, something bad happens. Something might change the whole story. So, I guess. So in this book, when he, so he went to a pool and he got kicked out. And his friend Rowley's dad said that they can't be friends anymore because he charged their dad 18 hundred, eight hundred dollars. That's a lot of money for a kicking out of a pool. And it was, it was on, um, like snacks and food and drinks. Oh, snacks, food, drinks, boom. So this one is exclusion. I'm going to read a part of the passage. When I was a little kid, I always used to go into Roderick's room. And 
basically, I used to take his toys. But when he got home, he started punching me and beating me up. So, I guess that's not what normal brothers do. But one time, actually, when I went into his room and I saw a comic book, I took it. But then Roderick found out. So, when, when he got home, I started getting a beating from Roderick. So, as you learned in the past, is that what, um, so Greg's brother, Roderick, is mostly there to only bully him. And but, I mean, if playing the devil's advocate, you can see that, like, Greg was kind of, like, being kind of rude and interrupting Roderick's privacy by just going into his room for fun and stealing things. So I don't think that was nice. But I don't think his brother should have beat him. That was a bit yeah. rude. I think he should have just told him to stop. And if it got worse, then he could have been a snitch. And also, um, Greg's brother, Roger, also um, owns his own band. It's called, um, I think. Are you sponsoring Roger? No, I think it's like, um, loaded, it's loaded diapers. Okay, so, I'm just, yeah. That's what you can tell by what Roderick's, like, game plan and, like, Well, maybe that's his why Roderick is such a meanie. Because he has a band called Loaded Diapers. He probably hurls them at Greg. <laughs> and, yeah, so... podcast today was a lot. You learned a lot about examples of inclusion and exclusion in a, a literature, Books. television, and a whole bunch of stuff. And so I hope I hope you enjoyed all like the detail that we put in because it took a lot of work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work to find uh, the exact parts and inclusion and exclusion. You know. It takes a lot of work, but I think you can do it too. Because if you find inclusion or exclusion in your book or movie or television show or even on YouTube, then you could, you know, be happy about that and, you know, be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You can explain it to a friend, that sort of stuff. So, thanks for listening, and remember, this is the Wheels of Steel with Cooper and Shiloh.